Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. We've been on this series called Living a Life of Focus. And man, I tell you, I've been blessed just by doing this study and learning how I could be more focused. Is anybody, uh, can anybody use a little bit more focus in their life? Can anybody? All the ADH people are like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Squirrel. It's amazing how one word can just, everybody gets it. I don't know about you, but I feel like that sometimes. I feel like, you know, we're so focused. Anybody, um, anybody been keeping track of what, what you focused on on January 1? That New Year's resolution? Remember that? Some of you are like, yeah, I remember that. I forgot it like 13 days later. Right? You know, at the beginning of the year, we promise ourselves, I am going to fill in the blank, right? And then like three days later, you're like, sweetie, what was my New Year's resolution again? Because it's very hard sometimes to change our, our habits, yes? Sometimes I really believe it's because sometimes we look at our earthly focus a whole lot more than we look at our heavenly focus. Um, and some of us, we had examples. For the example, you know, I'm going to spend more time exercising and less time eating junk food right after I eat this Twinkie. Right after I finish this cake. There's a half a cake left. Well, that won't be good stewardship. We got to finish it. And then we'll... Hello? Some of you are like, Lord, he read my book. I can tell you right now, he read my book. I'm going to spend more time reading my Bible. I'm going to spend less time watching TV. Or I'm going to spend more time with the children, less time and overtime at work. And, you know, the last few weeks, that's been a struggle for me. I've been realizing sometimes how dead set I am on getting assignments done. So the last few months, I've really been making a conscious effort to spend time with my family because I realize that you only get the small window, small window with them. Just celebrated my son's 16th birthday. His birthday is officially on Wednesday. My firstborn, Elijah, and, you know, I sat down yesterday when we had the, like, 30 minutes of, like, thinking and in between all the setup of everything. And I looked up and I saw a picture of my son. And he was there with his little baseball gear and the bat. And I looked at it and I said, I remember when that picture was fresh and it just came to me. Like, and here we are, 16 years old. And that was when he was like three, four. T-ball, I was his T-ball coach. And here we are, 16 years old now. And then I'm looking at my little girl, 
who's 10 going on 27. Right? I'm looking at all my kids and I'm like, I'm the only dad they're going to ever know. Nobody else can fill that role. I need to focus. I need to focus and I need to focus deliberately. As a believer, we, we have to constantly ask this question to ourselves. And this is a mandatory thing. We have to ask ourselves, how am I doing? Because if we don't ask this question, friends, look at me. Nobody else is going to ask you how you're doing every day of your life. How many of you, okay, so let me ask this question. How many have ever asked somebody how they're doing and you didn't even mean it? Come on. Stop it. There's only two people lifting their hands. Stop it. You're, you know where you are. You're in the house of God. How many have ever asked somebody how you're doing and you didn't mean it? That's more, that's realistic right there. The shame that hit you a moment ago was unreal. It was like a weight on your arm. You were like, I want to say yes, but I don't want nobody there now. Because you've done it, right? Why? Because there's some people you ask how you're doing and you're afraid they just might tell you. And you're like, I really don't want to hear it. That's just formalities. How you doing? Good. Got to go. And they're like, no, but like my neighbor's dog passed away. Like, you know, like, oh, no, nah, I don't really. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Just want to say, how you doing? What you really meant to say was hi. Stick with that. But I think I've been there, right? But the question really has to be, how am I doing? Because we're very quick to point out other people's sins and other people's issues when the enemy is often found in a me. Right? That doesn't mean you're possessed. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) What I'm saying is it's very easy to look at somebody else's faults and failures and not look at our own. Guess what? What if everybody listening to me right now started caring about how they're doing in Christ? Where are you in Christ? Have I made myself or others promises this year that I haven't kept? Have I focused my time on the best things, not just things. How many of you have spent time on something and then when you were, uh, when, you, when you came to, you realized, I just wasted a whole lot of time. You know what was a real struggle? When we did a thousand piece puzzle as a family for Christmas. Yep, see? We did a thousand piece puzzle and we couldn't find the thousandth piece. Yeah, yeah, imagine me. We estimated, my wife and I, that we spent 15 hours in three days on this puzzle. It was Christmas time. Don't judge me. We spent 15 hours in three days on this puzzle. And when it came to the thousandth piece, we couldn't find it. I still don't know where it's at, but I considered it complete 
for my sanity, right? That's what I blame. But that form of incompletion is just a symbol of what I think a lot of us sometimes feel in our lives. We got 9,000, or excuse me, 999 pieces all together. But we don't feel complete because there's something missing. Can I ask you a few questions? Because we're going to continue in this thought of living a life of focus. And today we're going to be looking at the life of Mary and Martha for a few moments. And um, that's found in Luke 10. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke 10. In the meantime, let me ask these questions to you really quickly. Before we read these verses we're going to read, let's take a quiz together. Eight questions. Are you ready? Say yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not ready, say yeah. Yeah. Just live by faith. You'll be ready. Number one, when life gets busy, does your time with God tend to get pushed aside? Answer yourself. You don't have to answer out loud. Some of you might get really embarrassed by this. Number two, when you try to focus on something, do you find that you're easily distracted? Number three, overall, would you or others say that you tend to be a worrier? Number four, do you feel sorry for yourself sometimes? Number five, in your opinion, do you think you do more than your fair share of work? Number six, do you find the times that you are easily angered by others? Number seven, would you say that it's easy for you to see others' faults? And number eight, at times, do you find yourself questioning if God really cares about you? See, if you're like me and you find yourself answering yes to four or more of these questions, then you will probably find that you're more like Martha than you are Mary. That's the bad news. The good news is that you're redeemable. Unfortunately, Martha's weakness came to the surface in this passage. A couple things that you'll find is about Martha, if I can just lay this out. If you, lay, if you said yes to four more of these questions, then you may have been in this category. Martha had a tendency to take charge and having to be in control of everything around her. I'm going to let this marinate for a minute and let you feel a little bit uncomfortable by this. You have to be in control or else, right? Martha worried about the details around her instead of the deity in front of her. So some of you may remember the story with Mary and Martha. Jesus was sitting there teaching and she's, Martha's running around doing stuff and Mary's at his feet. Martha was worried about the details more than the deity. Come on, that'll preach. Perhaps she was worried about the shame in her household because you had to realize in the culture of that day, each household had a measure of respect that they needed to have for people that came into the room and care for them and take care of them. That means food. That means drink. That means caring for them. So Martha was doing the right thing in her eyes. She was caring for that person, that person that was worth that time, that energy, right? She was doing some right things, but at the wrong time to the wrong person. Look at me. I need you to realize Martha had some things right, but her focus was a little off. 
Number three, Martha seemed to find it hard to relax if everything wasn't perfect. Sound familiar? Except she worried more about this than Jesus Christ did himself. She was more worried about it than Jesus was about it. How many know that if Jesus is worried about it, you should be too? Now I use the word worried very, you understand how I'm using it, right? If Jesus is concerned about something, then you should be concerned about it too. Martha adopted the cultural understanding that hospitality was a social requirement. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a social requirement. So she was caring for him. But Jesus Christ was more caring. Uh, he cared about more about being at his feet and learning from him than just catering to the room. There's a lot of churches today that care more about catering to the room than sitting at his feet. I never want to be that church, friends. And as long as I'm pastor of this church and preacher on this pulpit, we will care more about the master's feet. That doesn't mean that we don't care about people. That doesn't mean that we don't care about process. That doesn't even, that doesn't even mean that we don't care about details. We do those things. But watch me now. We care about the deity in front of us over the details around us. That's important. Come on, somebody. Martha expected others, this is another thought before I read this passage. Martha expected others to agree with her priorities. Friends, not everybody's going to agree with your priorities. And if you're waiting for everyone to agree, you're going to be waiting a long time. Right? Because there's a lot of people in society that live this way today. A lot of people in society that live this way today. My feelings are facts. Friends, your feelings are not facts. Hello? Your feelings are not facts. They're what you're experiencing at the moment. Your feelings will change. Facts don't. God won't. He doesn't change. So when we're at his feet, he's the one that directs us. Because while things around us change, God never does. Somebody say amen. So if you answered to less than four, yes to less than four of these questions, I commend you. But you most likely relate to Mary, which is a good thing. But other people don't like Marys. <laughs> Marthas don't like Marys sometimes. Newsflash, they were sisters. The Christian Standard Bible reads like this, Luke chapter 10. While they were traveling... He, being Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the feet, Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. I'm doing this all by myself. Okay, I added that last part. But that's what she was feeling, right? I'm doing this, you know, we're running around, and she's just there, sitting, <laughs> learning from you. And my crock pot's been on since Tuesday. I don't know if they had a crock pot. Pastor Corey looked that up for me. She... 
all the time, she's worried more about Mary than she is why Mary is there. Why? Because she doesn't understand Mary's call in her heart. Friends, people are not going to understand your heart, and they're going to judge you. But the Bible gives us a great verse. Look at me. Everyone look at me. They don't hate you. They hate me, Jesus said. They're not, you're not being persecuted for your sake. You're being persecuted for mine. And it's not easy to, to digest that because if, if you're anything like me, I don't like to be hated. I don't like to be disliked. I don't like to be unfriended, though I have been. All those things. But I got to keep going because I have a master to serve and a Jesus to sit at his feet. Yes? So understand that not everybody's going to subscribe to you.com. .org. .net. .me. Marthas will not always like you because they are task-oriented and you are person-oriented. Are you with me? Maybe Martha was a little bit socially awkward, and this is her way of covering it up. If I could stay busy, I don't have to talk to anybody. Now, I'm not going to discredit what Martha was doing. You hear me? I need you to understand that Martha was serving the Lord. But she found focus on what Jesus said don't focus on at this moment. Are there things that are good but not God? Are there things that are good in your life but not God? People that are good but not God. You have to be able to set aside those things that are not God and say that's for another time. Right now, it's me and Jesus. Listen, look at me, and I need you to hear me and hear my pastor's heart right here, right now. Is everybody with me? If you're with me, say yeah. yeah. If you're with me, say yeah. yeah. I need you to understand something. There's some people that only open the scriptures when they walk into a room like this. But the rest of the week, you live how you think you should. Friend, that is not how you grow like Mary. Mary went to his feet. Notice it was, who was it that invited Jesus to the house? First verse, Martha. Martha invited and Martha was on the task. Mary said, you brought, who? And she went and sat at his feet. Watch this. Then verse 41 just knocked Martha right between the eyes and got her to the point where she had probably said, ouch. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Listen, when God says your name twice, pay attention. <laughs> Parents, you ever call your kid twice? You ever call them by their full name? You know you're in trouble when you got called by your full name, right? Okay, just want to make sure. This is the New Testament equivalent of being called by your full name. When, she, when Jesus said your name twice, you don't say, yes, master, yes, master. No, you just knew you needed to answer. And he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing that is what? 
necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken from her. Notice he didn't point to it and say, you made the wrong choice. Did you notice that? He didn't say, Mary chose the right, and you are way off, lady. (laughs) He didn't say that. You notice that, right? He didn't say that. He said, Mary has made the right choice. Why? Because there are good things and there are God things. So he couldn't call her wrong. She was doing right, but her focus at that moment was wrong. When Jesus shows up, come on, who do you focus on? Everybody else's sins? Everybody else's worship? Why isn't that person lifting their hands? Why did that person go up for prayer? I saw them walk by the bar the other day. Uh-huh. They were walking right by it. I think I saw that person buy a lotto ticket. You name whatever you think. I think I saw this. I think I saw that. You know what Jesus is saying? She's chose the right thing. Maybe, just maybe, he's inviting her to do the same. I believe he's inviting us all to sit at his feet. Amen? If you think about it, many times we set our time with the Lord aside to take part of the business that we think is really important. But we think for some reason that other things in our lives are not important. How many know that God sees a lot of things in our lives and he's probably like, hey, would you invite me to this area of your life too? Not just this area, but there's a room right here. You ever had somebody come to your house and start walking around, looking around, and you're like, wait, that was awkward. Why are you walking around? Thought to yourself, it's strange. That would be weird, wouldn't it? If somebody you just barely met just starts walking around, what's in here? That's a lot of shoes. You like shoes? Can you imagine? That'd be weird, right? But that's what we do when we start caring about everybody else's life but our own. There are some common myths that we have to accept here today. I want to share them with you, right? Is that all right? Good, because I was going to share them. Number one, here's a myth. Ready? Busy means important. Busy equals important. God will not ask you on judgment day how busy you were. There's a myth. Busy is not equal to important. Number two, someone wins the rat race. God is not interested in what you do more than he is who you are. You know God is more concerned about you being obedient than talking a good talk. Because I talk to a lot of people, they they know all the right answers. And those are the hard ones to reach. You know the biggest threat to the church is not unbelievers. In fact, that's a blessing to the church. The biggest threat to the church is people who know all the right answers. They're comfortable. They know all the right answers. But they never move. and They never do a lick for anybody or do anything for anyone. That is the biggest threat to the church. A church that is just sitting back saying, I just want to take in everything that God has for me. 
God is concerned with who you are, not just what you do. Number three, hurrying will buy us more time. How many ever did something fast and then you did it wrong? Many a bookshelves have been built by men who decided not to look at the directions. Boy, am I guilty on this one. I'm not sorry. I'm just going to confess right now. I'm going to make a lot of people feel good. You ready? I'm one of them. I built something, and in step two, after step 38 was complete, step two, I put the board the wrong way. And guess what? 36 ways backwards, I fixed it. My wrist hurt from the twisting. Now I got to twist the other way to get it all out. And then twist it back because I missed step two. Board was backwards. Hurrying does not buy you more time. A lot of times it's about focused effort and focused energy in the Lord as well. Amen? Amen. Who's with me? Number four, downtime is wasted time. No. Guess what? Guess who rested on the seventh day too? God. God rested on the seventh day. Listen, friends, if you don't recharge, you can't refuel. You can't get there. If you burn it on both ends, you're no good to anybody. Rest. Get the rest. Turn it off once in a while. And guess what? If it means your stress level rises every time you grab your phone, grab your phone less. Grab your Bible and tell yourself, I'm going to grab my Bible before I grab my phone every day. Worst thing I could do is wake up in the morning, grab my phone, and get a bad text. Because now I'm in my mindset, and I haven't, I haven't got ready for that. I'm not ready for that. How many know that we probably can do better by grabbing the Word of God first? And then saying, God, help me align my thoughts with yours. So that whatever comes my way, I may react and act the way you want me to. I mean, no, that's good focus right there. Mary and Martha, there was a focus that Mary had that Martha didn't quite understand at the moment, right? She didn't understand it. I don't know that she ever did understand it. And there's nothing that leads me to believe that Martha wasn't like Mary once in a while. Who's to say, right? Martha invited Jesus to her house. We don't know exactly why she did. We don't know if she, she invited him because he was popular. We don't know if she invited him because she's super religious. We don't know if she invited him because, hey, you know, he may get me into the temple and I may get a good job there. I don't know. Right? We don't know what that looks like. But we know that she invited Jesus to her house. And so because she invited Jesus to the house, she was caring for him. Mary said, she's got that. I got this right here. I know what I need to do. And guess what? I don't know that Martha wasn't always like that. But that moment, Jesus said, what Mary has done is right. Again, the emphasis not on what you're doing is wrong. But what Mary has chosen, she has chosen right. So was Martha the problem? Was his desire to serve Jesus the problem? The answer to both of those is no. 
Let me tell you what was the problem. Number one, she was distracted. She was distracted. Her preoccupation with serving distracted her from what was most important. Martha was worrying about the big dinner that she was preparing. The stress and the worry of all that got a hold of her. I know what that's like. I host these events sometimes, whether it's an event in my home or an event in the church or something like that, and you're running around doing a lot of things, and sometimes I just like to go to an event instead of host it. Anybody with me? Sometimes you just want to go there because you could talk to whoever, you don't have to worry about things, or burnt hot dogs on the grill, stuff like that, hello, because I get distracted. Put a few hot dogs over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make these a little extra dark because my wife likes darker hot dogs. So I put this one here. And then this happened just recently. And I put a hot dog on it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And I got talking. And all of a sudden, I was distracted. And then it dawned on me 20 minutes later. I jumped quick and I ran to the grill. And I opened it up. And three black, it looked like. It looked like this, like dark, charcoal hot dogs were like. I said, uh, anybody like it extra, 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 extra crispy? I'm talking like ashes, like touch it and then like. You've seen a cartoon like that, right? They're like, what's going on here? ashes. I got distracted. You ever got distracted like that? I don't know. I have. Number two, she wasn't the problem, but she was disappointed. She began to feel sorry for herself. You ever felt sorry for yourself? Come on, somebody. Nobody knows the trouble I see. She began to feel sorry for herself. Verse 40, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair? Lord's got to be on my side. He's compassionate and kind. He's got to be on my side. And Jesus is like, slow your roll, Martha. She's doing what is right. She was disappointed, though. Raise your hand if you've ever been disappointed. I'm disappointed because some of you didn't raise your hand just now. <laughs> but I will digress. Number three, she was disapproving. Mary, your approach right now. I'm not digging it right now. I'm not digging it. Jesus, he was t- she, she was tattling on her sister. That's what, right? Isn't that what, in essence what happened? Jesus. Like, for real? This is what happens when you don't get enough sleep, guys. She became critical of Mary for not doing her part. Jesus has got to fix this issue right now. And then she was what? Demanding. She was demanding. Jesus, tell her to come and help me. Tell her. Because what I'm doing is right. 
And Jesus said, what she's doing is right. How do you focus your time? How do you, look at me. Let me close with this thought here. You ready? How do you focus your energy? Because this will determine a lot about how you see your purpose in life. The way you focus your energy will fuel your purpose or decompose it. Because there are people in this room that God has been calling you to do something and you've been avoiding it because you just put yourself in such a busy element that you forgot who Jesus is and that he cares about the people at his feet. Now, does he care about the Marthas? Absolutely. You with me? He cares about the Marthas. He cares about the Marys. And in fact, he doesn't care about one more than the other. And he's not angry at one more than the other. They just set their focus differently. But if you have to do anything, default to his feet. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because if you're at his feet, at least you can get instruction there. If you're busy, you can't get instruction when you're busy. Now hear me. I want to read a verse to you as we begin to put this in a close here. Luke chapter 10 verse 27. I love how this version reads like this. If, if you have your Bible, you want to look at this because you have to realize that this is why we as a church function. Are you ready? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You know what he's doing? We have to realize we must find the balance between go and do. We must find the balance between sit and listen. Are you with me? Go and do, sit and listen. There has to be a balance. Because if not, then what we have to... Uh, come to is this. Everyone look at me for a moment. I need you to hear this. Because you can do and not love, but you can't love and not do. I'm going to say that again because some of you need to hear this. You can do things for God and not love him. But you cannot love him and not do things for God. Why? Because God is more concerned with you being a Christian than acting like one. I'm going to leave you a quote right now, and we're going to put it up on the screen. I need you to get this because this will blow your mind. Are you ready? Prepare and prevent. Watch this now. Is better than repair and repent. Prepare and prevent in your life, in your Christianity, is better than repair and repent. I remember when I was a kid, there was a guy by the name of J. Vernon McGee. I used to listen to this man all the time on the radio. Remember the radio? It was a radio thing. <laughs> Sound came from a box. His name was J. Vernon McGee. And here's what he said one time. He said this. I'm going to read this. It's a little bit of a long quote, but follow me. Are you at the corner of life 
where you do not know which way to turn. Then for goodness sake, sit down. Sit at Jesus' feet. Look in his word and see what he has to say. It will help you with your housework. It will make you a better dishwasher. It will help you sweep the floors cleaner. You will dig a better ditch, mow a better lawn, study your lesson better. Your work at the office will be easier, and you will be able to drive your car better. Take time to sit at Jesus' feet. Why? Because spending time with Jesus makes us better at everything. It makes us better at everything. It makes us a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better mother. It makes us better at whatever job we find ourselves to do. It makes us better givers, better ministers, better siblings. It makes us better neighbors. All these things, it makes us better. As the media team just plays us softly, I want to read two verses in the psalm. I'm going to close in just a moment. Psalms tells us this, and there's two verses, Psalm 37, 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Some of you are so uncomfortable with silence, it's deafening to you. That's what's wrong with America today. To be still and be quiet is almost like something's wrong. What happened? That happens sometimes. I get into the room. My wife may have gone upstairs first and she has something on the TV. The moment I change it, there's a rhythm in her subconscious that knows what's being played. I don't know how that works. The moment I change it, she's like, wait, what happened? What, What happened? She's not even awake, like really. She's asleep. But she knows something changed. You know, sometimes we don't realize that stuff happening around us, sometimes it's just a distraction and we never really get to become who God wants us to become because we're so worried about everything around us. Sometimes silence is good. You follow me? Sometimes silence is good. How am I doing? Sometimes just, sometime this week, do this. Try it. Go to a place that's quiet And if you have kids, that means leave the house. (laughs) Go to somewhere quiet. Maybe it's a park bench. Sit by the water. Sit by the Susquehanna. Somewhere. Find the spot. And just ask yourself, how am I doing? And just wait. Let the Lord speak to you. Say, Lord, how am I doing? That's a lot to ask of me, Pastor Tony. I got a lot of things on my plate. You can't afford not to do this. Look at me. You can't afford not to do this. To stop. Just stop. Stop. And ask yourself, how am I doing? And follow Psalms 4710. Be still and know that I am God. That doesn't mean stop forever. Stop long enough to hear the instructions for your next step. Be still. 
Some of you are like, Pastor Tony, I've been still for 30 years. And I haven't seen God move. Well, you've been still for too long. You went from still to stale. I'm sorry to tell you right now. You're the frozen chosen. I'm telling you that right now. In 1990, a woman entered a Haagen-Dazs store in Kansas City for an ice cream cone. And while she was ordering, another customer entered the store. She placed the order and found herself standing face-to-face with one of her favorite actors of all time, Paul Newman. He was in town filming a movie, and she was just awestruck. His blue eyes made her knees buckle. She just stood staring at him. Yep, she was still all right. She finished paying and quickly walked out of the store with her heart pounding. Trying to gain her composure, she suddenly realized that she didn't have her cone. She went back in to get her cone. And Paul Newman says to her, Are you looking for your ice cream cone, ma'am? And unable to utter the word yes, she just looked at him and he said, You put it in your purse with your change. (laughs) Have you been that kind of awestruck with God any time in the last six months? you just forgot what you were doing you forgot who you were because you were in awe of his presence God let us be that kind of person amen let us be that kind of Mary that we just forget what's happening around us and we lose track of all the things we were doing when was the last time you were in that kind of awe may it be said of all of us that we have been more like Mary than Martha amen